0: This is Pops in a Pod with Nather Pop and Peter Pop.
1: Episode 45, Engaging Kids Play.
0: Hi, this is Nather Pop
1: and Peter Pop.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to a new episode of Pops in a Pod.
1: If you're listening to us for the first time, hit subscribe on the podcast player that you're using right now so that you get notified when our next episode is out.
0: Also, Leave us a review if you like what you hear. Well, now that out of the way, let's get straight into our episode. Hey, Peter, what's up, man?
1: All good, man. <laughs> Still, how are things with online school? How are you managing?
0: Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> after speaking to Rohit, uh, you know, there's so many things that he's obviously put in perspective and con- considering both our kids sort of are in the same school. Uh, there are, we we look at it. We try and look at it in in, in in a different light and hope that every week something uh, new comes along. So it's, it's a learning process, honestly. And um, we just have to kind of wait and see how it goes. And speaking of, you know, learning processes, one of the biggest challenges for us recently is, uh, you know, how do you engage your kids, right? Especially now that you're kind of, stuck in the house and you're also working from home and also you're managing things at home. And obviously you just, you know, brought up uh, this whole uh, online schooling.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, like, I think, you know, in the last six, eight months, uh, the first few months was really, really tough. Cause you know, like we talked, you had a routine going, right. I mean, you had, you know, your time with your uh, kids and it was clearly demarketed and then suddenly all your routines kind of, you know, gone out of a toss and, you're trying to grapple with that. And I don't know, like what I was just telling my wife the other day is, you know, we've got this new routine kind of set in now. Uh, What's going to happen once like schools goes back again, right? Or, you know, our kids are now going out of the house more. What happens then?
0: And that's exactly why this month we've decided to focus on different aspects of uh, engaging our children. Um, We'll we'll be talking about playtime, uh, we'll be talking about books, online content, and music. And all of them will be done in four different episodes. And and this episode, we are going to talk about playtime. So, Peter, tell me, um, w- what does playtime look like with, uh, with your son?
1: So, actually, playtime, is, I mean, considering he's only three, right? Uh, playtime is kind of a mix uh, at this point, uh, because... A lot of his playtime is kind of spent in free play with, you know, blocks or toys and different kind of cars uh, that he's got and dump trucks. Yeah, he has a fascination for anything with wheels at the moment, including a rickshaw, which I had to buy him once. Uh, And then, of course, uh, kind of mixed up with a bit of screen time where he watches a lot of things. Uh, on, you know, either a phone or a a laptop sometimes when we let him so yeah, it's a mix of both of that. What about your daughter?
0: So um, with her also very similar experience uh, that you just recounted, she has a lot of uh, building toys um, that kind of forces her to use her hands Um, you know, her fingers, especially strengthening those kind of muscles, building something, making something, just probably using her own imagination, I guess, whatever uh, inspires her, whether it's us or whether it's something that she's seen somewhere or noticed something on the road and, you know, kind of creating stories around it. But uh, as parents, we are very clear that we expose her to all forms of uh, you know, play experiences, whether it's uh, sending her to these, uh, you know, kid play centers where um, they get exposed to various forms of Um, you know, whether it's toys or physical activities or whatever it is, or even if she's at home, um, she's exposed to many, many, many different types of toys. So you won't just find, you know, dolls and things here and there, but various kinds of toys, whether it's uh, sporty, sporty toys or stuffed toys, or whether, you know, I've already mentioned building something, making something where we want her to expose her to everything and then probably she can decide what she likes, uh, you know, uh, the best.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, balance is very important in terms of playtime with kids today is because, you know, for us, we didn't have much choice. But I think, you know, today kids have a lot more choice in there. And you know as parents, I guess it's us being good examples to them. You know what? Today is not just about the two of us. We are also joined by two guests who shared with us the experiences that their kids have had uh, when it comes to playtime. So let's have them introduce themselves.
2: My name is Aloka. I'm a mom of two boys. Uh, They are aged almost eight. Like the older one will be eight in a week and the younger one is uh, five and a half. Um, I live in Mumbai and um, so I'm As of now, quite very much a hands stay at home mom. And I think that um, other than that, I used to be, you know, like I used to help uh, women who had lactation issues or just as a breastfeeding counsellor. As well as, you know, I used to teach uh, mum's baby wearing because those were two things very close to my heart when my kids were younger. And I also used to write a lot about it on a blog called Wholesome Mama. Hi, I'm Dr. Vilona
3: Annunciation. I am a psychiatrist. I go with a variety of patients, right from children up to geriatric. And uh, I work with two NGOs. So there's one based in Thani and one based in Andheri. And of course, like uh, everybody else, I'm doing a lot of my work online now. I also am a parent to two kids. Uh, my daughter is nine and my son will be seven next week.
0: Aloka Gambir is quite uh, popular in the mom-influencer circuit. And Dr. Vilona Annunciation, um, well, she's got experience dealing with kids. So the first question that we had for them was, uh, when it comes to play time, right. Uh, how did their kids engage, especially with toys?
2: I have always been a mom who, even before I had kids, I kind of went on this whole journey where I tried to do a lot of things uh, naturally. So, you know, basically it was a whole philosophy of going back to how our ancestors lived life when it came to physical fitness, food and all. And along the way, even while I was pregnant, I read a lot of things on, you know, kids and how Things have changed when it came to reading to raising kids, so I was always very um, keen to try and do as much natural as possible so from the very beginning, I tried to you know give them a lot of stuff that didn 't have batteries, and like my older kid had a lot of very, very basic toys, like blocks and books, and um, you know that 's it. And, um, uh, you know, and that was what I wanted. Obviously, there were a lot of people who gave a lot of gifts and there were a lot of battery-operated toys at home. It's not that they won, but um, yeah, it was definitely like I wanted them to maneuver toys and their toys, I mean, his toys at least initially were very old-fashioned. Uh, But he never really played with toys. I think that's something that most parents realize with, you know, younger kids that however many toys you surround them with or don't surround them with, they'll still just not play. They'll play with, you know, they'll probably not play. They're just more interested in human interaction or want to be held all the time or want to be in the kitchen where the action is happening. So that's obviously what happened. He was very, very interested in the first year. I remember all he did was just chew things and throw things which was obviously a learning as a parent but yeah along the way um i'm i have to say that both like my kids uh are, you know are very um uh, i don't know are very extremely low tech like very unsavvy when it came to you know like a lot of the things kids later on i realized were playing with so um i mean i guess that's because somehow you know like my older son just started going in a bus last year or before that we lived in a school opposite the house so that exposure to other kids was very minimal um you know we you know we didn't do so much at home like we don't play video games and stuff like that my younger one was very, just only I remember for the longest time was very very interested in like you know our house health you know what so he was very interested in wearing dupattas and clips and bangles and you know dressing up like them and going dressed up so he was you know more interested in humans completely obsessed with the humans around him whether it was the girl who helped in the house or the nanny or the person who came to cook that so that's all he wanted to do was be in the kitchen making rotis so it was a, so it was a very like both of them were very
3: different in terms of their taste We've always been a family that loves physical activity. So whether it comes to cycling, swimming, trekking, that's like a very, very, uh, you know, routine part of our uh, activities through the year. And uh, since March almost, a lot of it has uh, been on hold because of the lockdown and because of the risk of going out. In fact, I think last weekend, uh, after a really long time, we took the kids to one of the lakes in Thani. And we just went for a run around the lake and then sat beside the, you know, lakeside for a while. So we we love doing that. And we used to do that even, you know, like normally early mornings, late nights, we used to do it. Uh, now, what happens is um, to ensure that the physical energy is expended, we do a number of physical activities at home. So we get them to do basic uh, jumping jacks, skipping, animal walk. That's, a, that's always a super hit, the animal walk animal crawl thing so we do that and uh, we have the beam at home so then they hang on it they do pull-ups uh, my older one has also done some amount of gymnastics so uh, she can do a cartwheel and you know somersault and all of that so that happens like you know we, we do like uh, who can do 10 somersaults in a minute and stuff like that just to get them both to compete and play with each other um, apart from that we do a lot of sit-down games now, I make sure that they do something physically engaging before we do a sit down. So, um, suppose we're doing sand play or we're doing something with Play-Doh or uh, even if we're doing something like Hungry Hippos, we would do a physical activity before that and then sit down for the game that is that requires them to sit in one place and, you know, enjoy the activity. Um, we've also done uh, Uno and Housy they love. I mean, they love running it. So they'll call out the numbers and it tickles them no end when they get 88 and 77 and all those double digits. Um, so it's it's good fun. We get the tickets and uh, they, they're calling out the numbers and you know we get to complain and say how long and such sad numbers you're taking out and all of that. So that's fun. Um, we've also been doing a lot of art with them. So... Um, I was somebody who loved painting and, uh, you know, somehow through the years, it was something that I didn't focus on at all. Um, I also bake. So, you know, I think my entire focus shifted onto baking. And uh, in the lockdown, because I had a lot of time in April and May, I ended up picking up uh, colors and paints and doing a lot of art related stuff. So whenever I would do that, the kids would sit with me and... Uh, uh, you know, mm, paint with me. So, now there are like uh, games like Da Vinci, and, uh, you know, uh, simple games that involve colors and, you know, playing with uh, different, different colors. So, they do that. Now, even if I am not initiating it or, uh, you know, if they are um, sitting idle at a particular point of time, they will pick up the stuff and start playing. Um, they've also played a lot with blocks. So, We're all huge Lego fans. So, lots of Lego. And uh, uh, earlier, they used to use the bigger blocks. Now, they are uh, familiar with the smaller blocks. I think it also depends on the fine motor activity that develops, you know, because their grip and the grasp and their uh, capacity to pick up the small pieces, all of that uh, makes a difference in whether or not they enjoy uh, the play. So, they've been enjoying that through the lockdown.
0: It's it's so nice to listen to... Different parents and their experiences uh, with their children, and the beauty with both Aloka and Dr. Vilona was the fact that both of them have two kids, right? And uh, compared to us, they they are pretty uh, uh, they're, they're older. Uh, but I like the contrast that they constantly kept uh, giving, um, and I, I especially like what Aloka mentioned, right? That um, it 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 really says a lot about her engagement and her involvement with her children especially when she spoke about her younger uh, son how he kind of, you know, tails the, the domestic help and uh, sort of imitates them and tries to, uh, you know, look like them in whatever way. I mean, it's very sweet, right? Because that is also a, a learning experience. You know, he spends his time in the kitchen uh, trying to help them out or trying to learn, uh, you know, the things, you know, the, the things that are happening in and around the kitchen. And uh, it's it's very, very interesting, because it just speaks loads about the whole learning curve. So your playtime, I guess, doesn't necessarily have to be always restricted to toys, or, you know, some physical entities, it can come from your surroundings and your environment as well. And I really, really, uh, I really like that point, because that's something that, um, you know, I noticed with uh, with uh, my daughter as well, you know, uh, Peter, what about you? Do you do you see something similar in your house?
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, very similar when my son was really young uh, to keep him engaged, uh, you know, while we were doing stuff in the kitchen, whether it was, you know, my mother in law, uh, my wife or me, uh, we'd kind of have him in the kitchen playing around with, you know, his toys. But uh, very quickly, he kind of picked up into the vessels and, you know, they kind of imitate, right? So once he started talking and he got slightly older, he would say, we'd ask him what he's making and he'd say, I'm making soup for you or like smaller stuff. So I think, yeah, that's something I found very similar that happened, uh, you know, in my house. And uh, it's really nice what David, uh, you know, Dr. Vilona talked about, you know, with her family, I mean, uh, like I mentioned, I've been an outdoors person uh, for most of my life. So uh, for me, I spent a lot of time playing uh, outdoors. And similarly, I encourage my kid to kind of play in the park and take him out at least as often as I can. And it's very similar with Dr. Vilona, where, you know, she has her family involved in physical activities, which also combines, you know, with family time. So they have, you know, sit down games. So I think that's one of the best ways to kind of learn from each other, I feel right.
0: And I guess it's it sort of segued because of this whole COVID period, right? That you can't go out, right? When you when you're talking about physical activities, they're not necessarily in, in your home, right? Physical activities means stepping out. So for, for her and her family, it must have been quite a blow initially, you know, we can't go out, we can't go for our walks, we can't go for our treks, we can't go cycling, we can't do so many things. But they found a way to keep not just the children engaged, but even themselves, you know, I think they kind of came together as a as a collective and whatever, played with the board games and Howzi and Uno or whatnot. And that's something that even I have noticed with uh, my daughter, where during the whole, this COVID time, she picked up Uno, right? And she's learning so many things, just thanks to that, that, that card game, you've got colors, and you've got shapes, and you've got these symbols, and you've got numbers. And it's it's very interesting. It's it's nice how we have managed to kind of adapt ourselves. And this whole aspect of what Alok also spoke about how our kids are, you know, low tech, and not that tech savvy. And you know, they're happy to kind of do things engage with, with people in the house. I mean, really, really nice. And I just hope that more parents uh, are probably doing uh, this and kind of are directly involved in uh, in engaging their kids, whether it's COVID or not COVID. I mean, I, I guess it just helps them sort of develop better.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been kind of glad recently, at least that we are managing to at least get a walk or go out of the house because being housebound for a long period of time can have really adverse effects. So another question that we had for both our guests was, Did they, as parents, you know, introduce their kids to specific play or toys? Or was it something that they picked up naturally?
2: So my older son did like his physical toys when he started wanting cars. He just wanted cars. When he wanted animals, he had lots. He still has a huge basket full of animals, you know, plastic animal toys, which he still plays with. So the younger one was more about... um, you know, wanting to do real things. So all we surrounded him with were kitchen sets and cooking sets, and um, there was um, um, if, you know, so there like you know an iron to a toy iron, or a broom set to clean. Or, you know, those were the things he played with. The older one did play with physical things, but yeah, they were definitely. Um, I mean, I I think they were definitely more. Um, Like the hands onness came later, but there was a lot of open-ended play as well, which there still is. Like there's tons of Lego building that happens at home. There's tons and tons of block building. So anything that they need, they kind of recreate through the Lego or the blocks that they have and they do a lot of pretend play in that. Till today, there's tons of play which involves cushions and blankets and making forts and stuff. But I feel um, I don't know what I did to help that along but that was always something that I really felt that kids should do was create from the environment that they had rather than you know having a lot of toys for them which I mean unfortunately we did have lots of toys they hardly used anything we happened to have lots in spite of me not wanting to but they didn't use much they still continued using their open ended toys. Today, um, in the lockdown, like for some reason, again, like I must say that for an eight-year-old, my kid, like, you know, I see other eight-year-olds and they're into Star Wars and Swords and Avengers. And he is absolutely clueless when it comes to that. He's still into like this cartoon called Lion Guard. And both the kids, you know, just continuously pretend play scenarios and they arrange the entire room in terms of animals a certain way. And they keep talking about what, you know, like they keep repeating dialogues from, you know, the TV show that they both watch. So it's a lot of like feeding and learning from each other. The younger one was never interested until the lockdown in this cartoon or in this sort of play. And then obviously, because they're spending so much time together, they've kind of both hit on something that they're both, you know, enjoying so that they can play with each other. Um, Now, like literally now in the last one or Two, not, yeah, exactly. I would say two weeks. My older one has suddenly discovered video games. You know, I don't know how he downloaded something on the iPad. So he's going to be eight in a week, like literally next Sunday. And I think that's a big achievement that, you know, till eight, I've kind of not exposed. I mean, he's not managed to really discover video games. So now I guess my challenge is how do you kind of, you know, have a balance? Because I'm not someone who really enjoys talking the kids too much and stuff but yeah of course he cannot be playing video games all day or anything of the sort and now now you know till now the younger one has never been really interested in screens or video games but he's he'll probably get there uh, sooner you know, then later, because that's how that's what normally happens with siblings. That's one one thing that I was very clear about about not having gender toys in our houses. So it's never been that you know they've had their you know they've really had their Barbies where which, which with their you know a wet Barbie and then they used to have her you know see the doctors and stuff like that. So uh, they've always had exposure to. Uh, to play when it came to, you know, like, just the more old-fashioned play, just that it just so happened that it's not like I have really preached it. It's just that even they've picked up things which are a lot more physical or moving around a lot more. They're just very physical kids. So a lot of the, like for a lot of years, play involved just jumping off bookcases. And even today, it'll be a lot of play when it comes to one of them is on top of each other. And you know, you don't, you, I normally don't interfere because I know that it's, you know, it's play so um yeah i think that's one aspect that i've kind of now till the age of eight and five and a half have been recently happy with we'll see you know how it goes now that this new video game um uh, you know obsession has started
3: honestly i am somebody who strongly believes in the concept of choice that extends to my uh, work in the clinic as well. As in a lot of times people come and tell me na, and I'm like, that's your choice. It's <laughs> okay. You know, you don't need to take the medicines if you don't want to take it. I'm not forcing you. This is what I think would help. But you are free to make your own choice. So with the kids, I have always given them the choice. And I think this is something that even Denver strongly believes in my husband. So um, we go to buy toys with a particular idea in our head that this is what we would want to buy. But uh, when we go to the store, it's up to them to pick and choose what they like. So very often, right from their, I think, second or third birthday, they have pointed and shown what they want. And that is what has been brought as a birthday gift for them. Um, More often than not, um, a lot of toys that come into the house are gifts that have come in from others, right? It's not like we have actually actively gone and bought uh, specific toys for them apart from occasions. And um, this is something that I've encouraged that, you know, when they see something and they like it and they want it, especially when uh, like we're at the store to buy a gift for somebody else's birthday, uh, I have told them, make a note of it. You will get it for birthday or for Christmas or for the next uh, occasion that is, uh, you know, that is due. And uh, they take some great pleasure in saying, okay, for my fifth birthday, this, for my sixth birthday, this, for my seventh birthday, this. It doesn't necessarily remain like that. But at that point of time, there is a list. So uh, I think uh, the child's choice in this should be very, very important. We talk about building confidence in our children. We talk about developing uh, their self-esteem. And I think it is very important to give children choice. Uh, We may think that we know better than them. But honestly, there are a lot of things that they understand and they relate to at their own level, which is far better than what we can imagine. So I think... um, we could, you know, probably do a mix of you choose one cho- toy and I'll choose one toy for you. And, you know, that that would work well with the child. Um, with the kids, when we have had something specific in mind, like, for example, now, um, uh, you know, we wanted to buy uh, the, uh, you know, the game with the marbles. Yeah, so Brain Vita, we got. Like, we specifically got because we wanted the children to play with it. Chess, we have got. Um, so, some games we specifically choose. Uh, but I think, like, Twister and Hungry Hippos and Do Vinci, these were all given as gifts for their birthday. So, a lot of times, age-appropriate gifts come in because of their birthday parties and because of interactions at social events. And I think we pick and choose whatever, you know, we feel is remaining or whatever we still
1: need to add to it. So it's really interesting how both their kids have very different, you know, patterns of, you know, toys. And my son has primarily been, you know, using a lot of uh, blocks. And, you know, he makes his imaginary towers and things like that. Uh, Something that was really cool when he was really young, uh, he had a toy bus. And it had, you know, passengers, including a driver. So what my son would do when we'd ask him who these passengers are, he'd pick up each. So he'd say like his grandparents that, you know, his grandfather was the driver. Uh, Another lady in there would be the grandmother. And then like my wife and me would be the other passengers. I guess that's because, you know, we were the only four people he was exposed to at that time. Other than the rest of the family, right? So we were part of his playtime routine every day. But, you know, fast forward to like much more recent times, we've bought like, you know, magnetic tiles for him. And I've noticed how, you know, he's picked up that without us really teaching him a lot. And I think that comes from him. playing with, you know, the smaller, dupe, uh, I mean, the bigger Duplo blocks. So here he builds his towers and tents and his houses. And this is without us kind of giving him direction. It's all what he's kind of been exposed to uh, with his various videos and all, I guess. And of course, now he flies around a uh, rocket and plane also. What about you, Nather? What is your daughter? What kind of toys has she been
0: playing with? I think my daughter is... Uh, a reflection of uh, your son right now. What you just mentioned about the whole blocks and engaging the you know the different family members in the house and pretend play. Pretend play is a big big thing for her. So she has a little kitchen set and she'll she'll just put plastic and wooden blocks on it and say, uh, "Papa, here, this is your sandwich. Mama, here, this is your sweet or whatever." Right. So I think being involved in uh, in an environment where she's accepted. Uh, has become very important for her and we have to acknowledge that. We have to constantly go, oh, nice, very nice and you have to pretend as if you're drinking from that little cup of tea or (laughs) whatever, right? And then just kind of say, yeah, yeah, very good. You you know, next time just add a little salt and she feels so appreciated. She's like, oh my God, the salt was missing. Yeah, yeah, let me go find some fake salt for him. Right? So I, I think that, that uh, that really works out. And I completely get it like a uh, house your son also must be, you know, playing with his blocks and everything at home. And you know, the whole pretend play creating a fantasy world uh, in their little heads, uh, similar with, with my daughter. But um, one thing that uh, what I really appreciated that Aloka brought up was this whole aspect of gender neutral tro- toys, right? And we practice it. At home, very very consciously we practice it. Uh, you won't find uh, just pink toys, you know, in in our house or you know just doll houses and dolls and stuffed toys. No, um, we have a tool set for her, and she plays with that tool set. We've got cars for her. Uh, We've got, uh, you know, different uh, balls, you know, she's got football, she's got a a bouncy ball, she's got a tennis ball, she's got these ping pong balls. So, and every time we kind of... um, coax her to play with different types of toys, irrespective of whether it's a boy toy or a girl toy or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. A toy is a toy. And we just like to see her how she uses her imagination to kind of play with those toys. So that's what really happens in my house. And I would obviously love to see how it progresses. And, uh, you know, when they get older, Uh, in which direction do they sort of gravitate when it comes to playtime and engagement. And uh, So yeah, that's kind of what's happening in in, in my house. But what else is happening in my house is screen time, right? No matter how much we try to steer clear from this topic, right? It just keeps coming back, whether it's our kids or whether it's with our guests, right? They just, you don't even have to ask them and it's right there. So Aloka and Dr. Vilona had their bits to say about screen time so let's hear them out
2: first time mum of a kid when my older son was much you know much younger you know how it is like you really want to do, be really idealistic and do things the right way And, um, you know, that just did not happen. Uh, Like, you know, with the older one, I was obviously a lot more, you know, like very uh, obsessive about only so much screen time or this, that, you can't watch, you can't do this, you can't do That and I realized that the more I was trying to be like, you know, trying to control it, the less I was controlling because then he'd be like, But you do this, you do that, but you're watching, you're watching. So even you're doing that. So he had his answers ready from a very young age, like by three, he was already asking me that, you know, why are you telling me on your phone? So that sort of thing. And with the younger one, I really didn't, you know, do too much of that because I knew, okay, you know, like so weekend I like to sleep in. So I, You know, I gave like, you know, that used to always be the thing that Saturday and Sunday he can watch in the morning before I woke up so that I would get to sleep in. So the younger one started watching at a much younger age, you know, even for that little bit that he was watching. And then I
3: realized the younger one just did not. So there has been a lot of, uh, you know, in that sense, I have not had the challenge that a lot of parents uh, report off with the screen time. Because, uh, you know, like you shared earlier, Peter, uh, with um, us as well, before the lockdown, we were very strict with the screen time. But uh, in the lockdown, that has completely changed because they're online for at least three, four hours because of school. And uh, there are other times when, you know, like we're doing a movie night or something like that. But beyond that, I don't think uh, we've had to put on um, the screen for them a lot mainly because that has never been given as an option to them. Very often if they come and tell me I'm bored what to do, I'm like, it's okay, be bored. What's the big deal? Like, you know, we were also bored as kids. I remember so many summer vacations where I've just lazed in the room, you know, wondering when my parents will take me for a holiday. So I'm like, it's okay, you know, don't worry about it. Get a book or, you know, just plan a picnic. Let's plan a picnic. So we've done stuff like that. Um, I think... um, they've got a lot of chance to explore their creativity. So because uh, we, um, you know, because we've uh, made them watch some of the movies that we've loved through the lockdown, uh, a lot of their games have been specific to the movies. So there are a lot of Harry Potter related uh, games that have come up and uh, there are a lot of, uh, you know, specific, uh, uh, like if there is something related to, we, we showed them some of the Star Wars movies, so something related to Jedis and stuff like that. So that kind of uh, imaginative play has come up. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, they, they are not as occupied as they used to be before the lockdown, right? Because before the lockdown was cool and then uh, come home and relax and chill and then some swim classes. So there is always something or the other happening. Now, All of that, like the calendar is empty. So because of that, I think imaginative play has come out to the forefront.
1: I'm not sure if it's a kind of relief for me, but it's a kind of consolation. I feel that, you know, we're not the only ones in this struggle for screen time uh, in our household, right? There are others who are also in a similar position and I guess in the same boat kind of dealing with it. But uh, yeah, I think this is something that's going to really go on for some time. And as, you know, we are housebound for a extended period of time will be quite interesting. So yeah, another you know, you were recently telling me uh, about, you know, your daughter using uh, playtime to also learn various academic things also. I think she was using Play-Doh, right? Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, sc- schools these days, I think they've also become smart over the years uh, at least in terms of their curriculum so um, aloka mentioned this whole aspect of open play and even vilona uh, dr vilona spoke about you know how they all get together and try and have an experience right together uh, i think the schools have figured that out and i think they figure out the formula at least for the p- primary kids um, where when you are teaching them certain aspects, it could be as simple as alphabets, numbers, or whatever it is. They engage the children by getting them to do something physical. So the school might be happening via the screen, but uh, they will always tell the students or the parents, you know, a day before, a couple of days before, where they say that, okay, you know what, for this particular activity, we need clay or we need uh, blocks where we'll teach them how to count units or how to, Uh, make something, uh, you know, and that is how they'll remember it. So I think it's association-based activities, which I think is brilliant because every time my daughter learns something interesting using certain toys or uh, elements like Play-Doh or blocks or whatever it is, right? She immediately associates it with that particular class. And I think it's brilliant. And uh, it's very... uh, pertinent when it comes to their development. And when you get them at that age, right? At least in my opinion, I feel they remember it for a very, very long time.
1: That's one of the same things with Lego also, right? I mean, you know, you teach them smaller things, uh, or you give them learning activities through Lego. And because it's being done by a different sense of touch and then building uh, it Correct. sticks in their mind uh, a lot more.
0: Absolutely. And there's so many things, right? Associated with Lego, whether it's building something or whether it's colors or it's just shapes or whatever, like basic, simple things are just taken care of. That's where our next question for Dr. Villona is, uh, you know, so straight and specific, which is um, we asked her if she's seen any behavioral changes in kids when it comes to, um, you know, what and how they play with certain things. So this is what Dr. Valona had to say.
3: I think uh, with the kids, um, there was a part, uh, like when my son was a little younger, uh, when they used to use um, Uno cards to convey colors, to convey numbers, and you know, so that sort of learning to uh, inculcate. So, you know, pick up the red five or, you know, that kind of a thing to get them to associate with the colors and numbers very effectively. They did use UNO cards. I, um, I see the school having uh, a number of games that are there, uh, which they engage the children with during the free time. And uh, But I think they also encourage a lot of free play in the park. So there is a park with the school uh, where, and my kids love that type. So that's something that you know they uh, wait to go to school for. I wonder when, uh, you know, the day to play in the park will be or the day to play in the sand pit or the day to play in the water uh, pit, you know, that kind those days are really looked forward to. And in fact, when the school had this um, thing about rainy season, mein nahi karenge, mein nahi karenge, the children were the ones most disappointed. Like the parents were super happy because infections and everything, but the children were very disappointed and they said, we don't care, we want to play in the water. So uh, I see the school engaging a lot more in physical and gross development related um, activities. I also definitely um, uh, see a lot of parents that come to me in the clinic talking about what gains and what activities they can use to engage the child. Okay, So when it comes to children with specific concerns like hyperactivity or concerns with socialization, concerns with eye contact, the parents often ask me, What would be the games that you recommend? What could be the activities that you recommend? And one component of the occupational therapy that we do with kids has this, you know, where the child learns to trace out the numbers and the letters in the sand, learns to, uh, you know, um, create the alphabet or the letter or the word for uh, like older kids, like my kids, create the word out of Play Doh so that they are able to see, uh, you know, not only see but also feel and also experience how the flow of the alphabet is, right? So all of this helps in the, uh, you know, in the strengthening of the neuronal network in the brain, okay? Because the more that uh, strength is, the better the learning is. Because this is very basic learning at a very, very basic level. So the stronger this uh, concept fixes in the brain, and uh, the more exposure the child gets to various media, which teach them that concept, the better the learning is. And because with every new learning, that connection becomes stronger, that pathway in the brain is then strengthened. And Later on in life, the child finds it much easier. So we see adults who have difficulty with coordination, like for example, they can't skip or they can't do certain activities in a coordinated manner. But if this is looked at when the child is small, then it could actually help in the development uh, as an adult because uh, these are uh, skills which help contribute towards, um, you know, uh, developing uh, sort of proficiency in life activities basic life, uh, you know, activities, which we use on an everyday basis. So uh, these are skills that the children need to develop as uh, early as possible and keep revising it over the years. Um, And I think that is one of the focus that we have when we're looking at therapy with children.
1: So wow, Nadir, I mean, we heard two very different perspectives, one from, you know, a stay at home mom, and the other from a doctor mother. And You know, we've heard on various topics all the way from, you know, gender neutrality, open play method, physical activity.
0: Exactly. And, you know, I really like what Dr. Vilona said uh, in the end about kids facing certain difficulties and, you know, uh, how play can be used to sort of uh, overcome those difficulties, um, you know, create a certain learning culture uh, in their homes and, uh, you know, sharpen those skills at a very young age. Um, And uh, I think it was a a great journey that we had with uh, Aloka and Dr. Vilona when it came to uh, playtime and engaging kids. But this is just the beginning. In the next episode of Engaging Kids, we will take up music and talk to another set of parents and listen to their experiences on the same.
1: Until then, you know, you can reach out to us at popsinapod at gmail.com or visit our social media handles search for Popsinapod on Facebook or Instagram
0: and you can just like our comments like our post write something, send us feedback or share it with you know your friends and families. Until then I am Nathar Pop and I am Peter Pop see you guys next week on Engaging Kids
1: Yeah, see you guys